Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another online service from Philpot Church. Uh, today is a very special day. It's Pentecost Sunday. This is the day that is often called the birthday of the church. It's the day when we are reminded that the church is not just a human institution. It's not built by human hands, but it's indwelt by the Spirit of God. That's a very exciting thing and should be a very encouraging thing. Even as we're worshiping from such a great distance, we're not inhabiting the same building together. This awareness that, that we are an entity that is formed and sustained by God's Spirit uh, should be a great encouragement to you. I know it is to me. So today we have a pretty special service. Usually if we were meeting in person, we'd have all kinds of interesting things happening on Sunday morning. And today is... Uh, Maybe a little bit different from what we've done in the past, but we have a lot of different people who have been involved in this service. I think there's almost 50 people that you will see on the screen involved in this service, which is pretty cool. But uh, as you're watching, I don't want you to just passively watch and take things in. I want you to be involved too. So there's some things you can do to be involved. You can sing along with the songs. The words will be on the screen. You can draw pictures and things like that. Uh, you can use the chat feature. And a great way to use that, if, if you're singing or hearing the songs and there's a line that you like or it reminds you of a favorite Bible verse, go ahead and just put that in the chat feature and that will encourage other people who are watching. Or uh, as Russell is speaking later or you're hearing different stories, if there's something that stands out to you, go ahead and share that. And uh, I think we can use the, the online chat feature as a way to worship together. Uh, so I hope you'll do that this morning. I hope you are encouraged and reminded today of the presence of God's Spirit among us, forming us into the church, into the body of Christ. So God bless. I hope you enjoy the service today. Today's scripture reading is found in Acts 2, verse 1 to 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is each of us hearing them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. This is the word of God. Scripture reading today is Acts 2, 14 to 21. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. 
Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Holy Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. May God add a blessing to the Well, happy Pentecost Sunday, everyone. This is, uh, this is a day of celebration. It's a day of, of anticipation, and it's a day of, of, of uh, hope for new beginnings, and a day to be swept up into the sweet embrace of God's love and peace and His presence and power. So, what is Pentecost? What is Pentecost Sunday? Well, it's an important an important day on the Christian calendar that is rooted in the events of the day of Pentecost as recorded in our Bibles in Acts chapter 2. It's widely referred to as the birthday of the church. It's the, the, the day of Pentecost became the catalyst for the launch and expansion of the Christian church. And on the day of Pentecost, the, the Holy Spirit arrives in fullness as Jesus' followers are, are filled with the Spirit. They are filled with, with the personal presence of God Himself. Of course, it's not that the Holy Spirit wasn't active prior to the day of Pentecost. We, we read even throughout the Old Testament how the Spirit moved upon people and came upon people at specific times and for specific purposes, often enabling people for, for service. But, but on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit comes to empower and to permanently indwell and encourage and enable all of God's people. Just how important is the day of Pentecost? Well, that might depend upon the person and the church. Uh, I was thinking about this this week that my very first worship experience at Philpot Church was on Pentecost Sunday last year. Now, some of you may or may not be aware of that because uh, actually I was here, Angela and I were here, kind of uh, on a secret mission, if you will. Uh, this was in the lead up to me becoming uh, the pastor here at Philpot Church. And so we were here for uh, a weekend and we were visiting uh, the church, just kind of, we were sitting in the back and just taking in the service. Uh, looking back, we might not have done that great a job of hiding 
hiding who we were since we were sitting with the, with the chairperson of the search committee at that time. Nevertheless, uh, I, I so appreciated at that time the, the, uh, the, the celebration of Pentecost and, and, and the different service elements of that, of that day. And so here we are, uh, a year later, it's Pentecost Sunday, and it's, uh, it's a, a bit of a different Pentecost Sunday, uh, to say the least. Uh, journalist and author Wendy Thomas Russell quotes her, her Presbyterian minister uncle and says, he says, To me personally, as religious observances go, Easter rates a 10, Pentecost a 7, and Christmas a 6. But the average member of my church would probably say that Easter was a 10, Christmas an 8, and Pentecost a 3. Well, I don't know how you would rate Pentecost as religious observances go, and maybe that will change by the end of, of the service. So let's, let's take a closer look at the day of Pentecost, and we're going we're gonna to specifically look at the first four verses of Acts chapter 2. Let's begin at verse number 1. Acts 2 verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now, the book of Acts that we have here kind of chronicles the life of the early church. It, it tells the story of the, the spread of the gospel. And, and it's really cast in terms of a continuation of the ministry and, and, and the mission of Jesus. And the story kind of begins with Christ's ascension, his his return to, to heaven, and then the events of Pentecost. And I think we should note that the church is launched in this season of waiting, in this season of waiting and, and prayerful unity. Let, let's look at some scriptures. Let's go back to Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, uh, verses 46 to 48. Jesus says it was necessary that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Jesus continues in verses 48 and 49, says you're witnesses of these things, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then over in Acts chapter 1, we read, And while, while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You've heard from me. And so in obedience to Jesus, here on the day of Pentecost, the, the followers of Jesus are together in one place and they're waiting for the fullness of the Spirit. They're waiting for this, this promised arrival of the Spirit that Jesus told them to expect. So look at Acts 2, verses 2 to 4 then. And suddenly there came from heaven... A sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them 
and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there are some, there are some pretty remarkable things going on here. There, there's some miraculous things. There's this sound of wind. There's the appearance of fire. And there's people speaking in languages they previously had no command of. It would be real good to have some wind here in this room. It is very warm in this room. Uh, we, we, we need to get some AC in, working in, in, this, in this room. So verse 4 says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I, and I think it's helpful for us to understand that these signs and wonders would have been familiar images of God's presence for, the, for those gathered. Wind, fire, inspired speech were very much a part of the history of God's dealings with his people. They, they were symbols of God's presence throughout the Old Testament scripture. Wind, fire, inspired speech. They would signal the presence of God, but now... God was coming to them in a new way. This truly was a new era. And, and there's this emphasis in Acts 2, in the Acts 2 account, on the divinely empowered speech, or as the text says, you know, the speaking in other tongues. Of course, we know that in Jerusalem on this day, there were people gathered from every nation under heaven, verse number five, and so many languages, local dialects represented, and the miracle of the day of Pentecost is that each visitor heard the followers of Jesus speaking in their own native language. Acts 2 verse 11 says, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And there was this utter amazement at, at what they were hearing. And so there's something profound here. There's something profound about this new movement that's being birthed on the day of Pentecost. Because this is a movement that will impact nations. It's a movement that will go to the nations. And so I, I want us to take note that we have here a unique display of God's sovereign power through inspired speech in preparation for the, for the worldwide proclamation of the gospel. God is, is breaking down barriers. God is, is showing us that by his power, he can and he will even transcend language barriers in an effort to make Jesus known. So the day of Pentecost is this dawning of a new age. God is coming to his people in a brand new way. God is coming to permanently dwell within every single individual believer through the person of the Holy Spirit. The implication is that when we trust in Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to us. We are we are indwelt. We are filled with the personal presence of God himself. And this is why we often use the language of God uh, living inside Christians. 
Jesus, back in John chapter 14, verse 18, when he was preparing his disciples for the time when he would no longer physically be with them, you know, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So Pentecost signals the fact that God, the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell in us. That God is with you. He's in you. And he will never leave you. And so I would suggest to us that as we read the, the spectacular things that are happening in this text, that we don't allow the spectacular to cloud the daily reality that we are now indwelt by the personal presence of God himself. That we are indwelt by, with the person of the Holy Spirit. And, and this person, the Holy Spirit, the scripture tells us he does a number of things. The, the, the Holy Spirit is referred to as, as a counselor. As, as a teacher who guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus, making him known. The Spirit gives gifts and remakes us into the image of Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit is with you in all of his presence and his power. It's, 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 it's truly a remarkable thing that we celebrate today. I think we should also note that a distinctive feature of the Spirit's coming on the day of Pentecost is, is, the, is power, the empowerment to exalt Jesus in and through our lives. So often when thinking about the day of Pentecost, we get caught up in what is, what is repeatable and what is unrepeatable. And there are many interesting conversations and theological positions about that. I would suggest, friends, that the greatest need in every generation is for a church filled with the Holy Spirit, powerfully enabled to share Christ and to share his gospel. We've, uh, we've used the um, illustration of a sailboat here before and um, even though you know uh, I come from the, the East Coast and come from Newfoundland, I'm uh, not much of a, a boat person. I ha don't have a lot of experience in being out on the water or certainly have no experience with, uh, with sailboats. But, but I know that in, 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 in sailboating, there's this wonderful experience with the wind. A few years ago, Angela and I were in Senegal, West Africa, and we were there just having a, a, a great trip. And we had been visiting a number of uh, churches, both in the city of Dakar and in different villages and preaching in, in some churches and, uh, and, and also um, taking part in, in the, the opening of, of a new church construction that we had been a part of and visiting other mission sites. And so after, after a, a, a while doing that, we had, uh, along with another missionary uh, friends of ours, 
decided to take a few days and, and just go to a, a, local, a local resort. And we were just enjoying the, being there along the shores of the, uh, of the ocean. And I remember one morning we were on, down on the beach and decided to go out on a uh, catamaran. And, uh, and so we, we go out and this person brings us out and we, we, we move off from, from the shore. We're out on the water and we're not really uh, moving all that much yet we're waiting we're waiting for an experience with the wind we're, we're waiting for the wind to impact our sails we're waiting for our our sails to catch this this breeze of wind and all of a sudden then there is this there is this experience as this gust of wind comes and then all of a sudden we're thrust along along the water Andrew Wilson Asks this question about sailing. He says, When you're sailing, is being filled with the wind an experience or a habit? Is it an experience or a habit? Wilson says, I think it's both. Catching the wind is certainly an experience. It's, it's, it's a wonderful experience. What a feeling when you, when you, when you catch that gust of wind and, and you're thrust along. But, but he also makes the point that sailing is also a habit. And, and James Dean and Jeff Beatty and others of you could come and tell us about that. You know, if, if you don't put the sails up, if you, if you, don't, if you, if you pull the, 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 the main sheet fast or adjust the head, if you won't go anywhere, even if the wind is blowing powerfully. There, there are habits here that, 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 that help you have this experience with the wind. And so being filled with the Spirit, friends, I think we can also say is is both experience and habit. Pentecost reminds us that we are invited to be filled with the Spirit, to experience the Spirit, to encounter Him, to experience His power, to receive His gifts. We, we pursue the experience of the Spirit. We rely on His strength. We, we feel His presence and power, His creative energy. But we also develop habits. We develop daily habits that put us in a position to respond attentively to what he is doing. I would suggest, friends, that we all need to establish personal rhythms of reorienting prayer. I would encourage you to to start your day or to pray at different points throughout the day. A simple prayer, come Holy Spirit. Maybe it's at the beginning of your day or maybe it's the beginning of a work shift and you just want to, to reorient yourself and, 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 and say, Holy Spirit, just come. Make me aware of, of the things you want me to be aware of. Help, help me see lost people like you do. Holy Spirit, open doors for the gospel. Give me, give me courage to proclaim Jesus. Maybe you want to commit to start every day by asking the Holy Spirit to lead you to bless someone. Friend, you will be amazed 
how this kind of reorienting prayer will open doors of opportunity or will make you aware of opportunities you had previously missed. And so there are habits, habits like beginning your day by praying for the Spirit to to come to you and to move in your life. Maybe you want to write a short list of people that, that you want to see commit to faith in Christ. Make a short list and pray for the people on that list on a, on a daily basis. This, this daily rhythm of reorienting prayer, th- th- this kind of daily rhythm may very well lead to a greater awareness of God's presence and mission, putting you in a better position to respond to his leading, to be aware of how God is already at work around you. And as you do this, you may very well be led into new missional practices because the Holy Spirit, the person of the Spirit who indwells you seeks to empower you for ministry and mission. He's there to help you, to to give you power. And so the Holy Spirit may very well inspire some new strategies for engagement. I, I, was, reading, I was reading an article by uh, Pastor Sean Pillay, and uh, he wrote a really great article about, about these strategies of engagement. And he invited readers to think of the rhythms of Jesus in a city. And the conversations that he had with the most unlikely people. He he says, Jesus always seemed to have traveled paths that were less traveled and have the conversations that were most needed. And he asked the question, "Where, where would Jesus go if he must visit your community today? What, what, what are the kinds of missional practices? What are, what are the strategies for engagement that the Spirit is leading you in? It, it, it very well may be, and, and, and Pile writes of this in his own life, of, of the decision to start writing public. And I know that's loaded in this situation that we're currently in, isn't it? Writing public. He talks about the practice in his own life of, of parking his car and, and, and riding, riding a bus to, a, 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 to work or to a, to a grocery store. And as he's, as he's riding the bus, he, 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 he prays, Lord, can you please open my, my eyes and my heart and help me fall in love with my community all over again? Maybe you need to do a practice of a simple prayer walk of your neighborhood. Just walk around your block and, and ask the Holy Spirit to just stir your imagination and your mind to think about your neighbors, your neighborhood in a new way. Maybe we need to come and, 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 and walk around the streets of our church and asking God by his Holy Spirit to awaken our hearts and our minds to what God wants to do. Praying praying these kinds of prayers, praying this prayer will will move your heart to a, a healthy rhythm for gospel impact. The Spirit may be leading you in in a number of ways, uh, leading you to certain proclamation points. 
You know, it's 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 meeting people where they are at the same time, at the same places. And I, I've seen this happen in my own life, whether it's a, a favorite coffee shop and you, you show up there at the same time and the same day and, and all of a sudden there, there, there's relationships that form and conversations deepen, all leading hopefully to a, to a proclamation point, leading to relationship and sharing the gospel message. It might be a coffee shop. It might be a laundromat. It might be a grocery store. But it's getting into this daily practice of inviting the spirit who indwells us to open up these opportunities and by a daily rhythm of reorienting prayer, being ready to hear and to respond. Encountering the spirit's fullness. Friends, it's both an experience and a habit. I love this quote by uh, theologian Daryl Johnson. A lot of us, a lot of us feel a lot of pressure about sharing our faith. And I love how Daryl Johnson talks about evangelism. He says, evangelism is joining a conversation the Holy Spirit is already having with another person. Evangelism is joining a conversation the Holy Spirit is already having with another person. Friends, I just encourage you on this Pentecost Sunday as we recall and celebrate the fact that God has come to dwell in us. As we reflect upon the distinctive fact that, 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 that God came to these first followers of Jesus, to empower them to fulfill the, the mission and mandate of Jesus. Friends, let us begin asking God where he's at work and how we can join. Let us seek the fullness of the Spirit today. Let us establish new rhythms that put us in a better position to hear and to respond to the Spirit's leading. Friends, I want you to know that personal renewal leads to corporate change. And I pray that today and in the days to come, that each of us as individuals will begin to seek God in a fresh way, to, to invite the Holy Spirit to work in us in fresh ways, Renewing our minds, renewing our minds and reorienting ourselves around the mission of Jesus. Yeah, may we be ever aware of the Spirit's working in our life. And may we, ex may we experience the power and the presence of the Spirit. And may the Spirit work in us and through us. And may we see people come to know Jesus in a very, in a saving way in their lives. Let me pray with us today. And it's been a great time together as we shared in this service. And, and we're looking forward now to another a great song that's been, that's been put together. But let's, let's pray right now. Let's pause and acknowledge the presence of God and let's us, let, let us invite the Holy Spirit to come in this moment to fill us in a fresh way. Let us pray that we will be ever aware of his presence 
And may we establish the kinds of rhythms in our lives that put us in a better position to experience the moving of God's Spirit and let us respond. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Come to us in this moment. Fill us in a fresh way. Enable us, God, to share your word. Lord, give us a greater passion and a concern for our neighbors and our neighborhoods. Lord, put us in positions, Lord, where we're building relationships with people that, that lead to us sharing the good news of the gospel. And so we invite your spirit to come in this moment. We pray you'd lead us by your spirit, lead us into all truth, and lead us into your mission. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.